It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Sitkins may get to weigh in on another ballot proposition in this fall's municipal election, and it has to do with long-standing community. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider putting the following question out to the voters, whether to use the money earned from the sale of the Sitka Community Hospital site toward constructing a marine haulout at the Gary Paxton Industrial Park. In the last municipal election, 67% of voters supported selling the city-owned hospital property to the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium for just over $8 million. At the time, Search was leasing the building to house its long-term care unit, part of the consortium's initial agreement with the city, when it purchased the hospital business in 2019. Just over $8 million from the sale was transferred to the Sitka Permanent Fund, and this proposition would take that money out to fund construction of a haulout. Sitka is currently without a working large-scale haulout, following the closure of the facility that served most of Sitka's fishing fleet at the Halibut Point Marine. The Sitka Assembly meets tonight at 6 p.m. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. The Board of Directors of Sitka's Industrial Park, through its support behind the proposal to use proceeds from the sale of Sitka Community Hospital to construct a marine haulout when it met yesterday afternoon. Directors of the Gary Paxton Industrial Park debated the issue for a half hour at their monthly meeting, addressing many questions that are likely to be raised by the public if the question moves to the ballot this fall. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Chad Gaydon has been on the board for a month and has missed most of the years-long effort to fund and build a haul-out at the park. Playing devil's advocate, he asked whether a haul-out was the best use of over $8 million in public funds. Multiple businesses have looked at this and said, this is not cash flow positive. Why are we stepping in to do something that, as a government, stepping in to do something that multiple businesses have said this won't work? That, to me, sounds like a government debacle. Gaydon believed that many voters would see the question as one of a large amount of public money being devoted to one sector of Sitka's economy, the commercial fishing industry. Longer-serving board members pushed back hard on the idea that a haul-out was uneconomic or that it served only the commercial fishing industry. Lauren Mitchell said the recreational fleet was in the same dilemma about where to haul larger boats since the closure of Halibut Point Marine, and she advocated for the indirect benefits to the economy of reviving Sitka's marine services industry. Board member Chris Stad seconded this point. Kind of the common saying in the industry is you don't make money pulling the boat, you make money once it's out of the water. So get whoever is going to be receiving the funds, I guess, for the all-out, we can hope for break-even. But the economic benefit, once that boat is up on the pad and getting worked on, is, is going to be seen throughout the community of tons of different businesses. Pulling just over $8 million out of Sitka's permanent fund would not be without consequences. The loss in revenue to the city's general fund would be about $340,000 a year. However, there was consensus that the net gain in tax revenue from increased business at the haul-out would offset that loss, possibly in a big way. Municipal Administrator John Leach said the possibilities of growth were significant for hauling larger ships, possibly even Coast Guard fast response cutters, which currently are serviced in Homer and in California. The idea was, if we build it, they will come. If we put the baseline infrastructure there and give the option of a ramp or a travel lift uh, and we build something that can haul the bigger vessels, 
we're waiting for that upland property to be developed by other folks in the marine industry to start Ultimately, the Gary Paxton Industrial Park Board voted unanimously to support the proposed ordinance to put a ballot question before voters this fall to allow the proceeds of the sale of Sitka Community Hospital, just over $8 million, to be used to build a marine haulout. If additional grant funding were to come through, the total for the project would top over $17 million. The Assembly is scheduled to consider the matter on first reading at its regular meeting on July 12th. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Sitka firefighters responded to a brush fire on Sunday night on private property behind the Petro gas station. Assistant Fire Chief Dave Johnson said they received a call around 8.30 p.m. reporting a fire at the end of O'Kane Avenue. Five firefighters responded. Johnson said it took them about five minutes to put out the initial blaze. Afterwards, they spent about an hour peeling over the area, checking for hot spots or areas holding heat and embers without a visible flame. No injuries were reported. Johnson's says the source of the fire is undetermined, but similar fires aren't uncommon in southeast. Despite the rainforest climate, areas with heavy tree canopy tend to be drier, with organic material around the base of the trees. The Oversight Board for Alaska's Ferry System is recommending the state add crew quarters on another ship originally built as a dayboat. The board also heard this month that the state is still pursuing a new terminal in Lynn Canal to shorten the ferry run between Juneau, Haines, and Skagway. Joe Vicknicki reports. The Alaska Marine Highway Operations Board makes recommendations on the direction of the state-run ferry system. Created last year, it's been meeting every two weeks since this February. In early July, the board approved a resolution that recommends adding crew quarters along with other upgrades to the Taslina that was built at the Ketchikan Shipyard, completed in 2018, and it's one of two new Alaska-class ferries. The resolution calls for the project to be included in the state's program for transportation improvements. Board Vice Chair Juanetta Ayers of Anchorage said she's been a skeptic of the addition, but now thinks it makes sense for flexibility. From a long-range standpoint, I feel that uh, we have to pursue standardization of the Alaska-class vessels in order to maximize versatility community service and, um, inter, you know, interoper- well, versatility, interoperability of the vessels. The state designed the new ships as day boats without overnight space and operated by a smaller crew as a cost savings measure. They were meant for use in Lynn Canal along with a proposed road extension that never happened. The lack of cabins, however, limits the routes those can sail. The Taslina did some service in 2019 and 2020, but her sister ship, the Hubbard, has not been used. The state is already paying around $15 million to add those crew quarters on the Hubbard. On the Taslina, it's estimated the addition will cost around $18 million. During the summer, the Marine Highway wants to run the Taslina Inland Canal through a new ferry terminal at Cascade Point. That's 27 miles north of the ferry terminal at Auk Bay near Juneau. The state's in discussions with Gold Belt, Juneau's urban native corporation, about developing a terminal on Gold Belt's land there. It was one recommendation by a Marine Highway Reshaping Work Group in 2020. Department of Transportation Commissioner Ryan Anderson told the board that the project has been on pause since April of last year, but the DOT wants to continue working on it. 
basically, you know, when, when we look at these things, there's some public benefits to Cascade Point, one of them being cost savings. Uh, there would be a reduction in fares for, for the public um, to, to do this. So about a 25% is, is a, a very round number about what people could expect. Um, there would also be a time savings. Uh, you know, there's the times, granted, you have to drive further, but even with the drive, I think we came up with, it's about an hour and a half one way of time savings for the public. Ferry managers say the new terminal would cut about 30 miles off Lynn Canal sailings and allow the ship to operate within a 12-hour time frame. Gold Belt says it would operate a bus for walk-on passengers getting on or off the ferry at Cascade Point. The operations board heard some pushback on the proposal, however. It would require driving between ferry terminals. Ferry Columbia Captain Gabriel Bayless thought it's the wrong direction for the system. I walk on and sometimes I'll have a double bob stroller for my kids, Costco groceries, a dog in a kennel. And it's hard enough getting to Ock Bay. And to get on a gold belt bus, I think we're really moving away from where we want to go as a system. I think we should be simplifying things, not making them more complicated. The board also heard a presentation from Gold Belt President and CEO McHugh Pierre about that corporation's interest in the project, but did not vote on any recommendation on a Cascade Point terminal. In Petersburg, I'm Joe Vicknicki. The U.S. Coast Guard rescued two guests of a Petersburg-area fishing lodge Sunday from the shore of a remote bay after their skiff sank the day before. The Coast Guard says it found the two in Totem Bay, on the southern shore of Kupernoff Island, nearly 30 miles southwest of Petersburg, just after 11 o'clock Sunday morning. The two boaters were reported to have left Island Point Lodge the morning before in an 18-foot aluminum skiff. They were expected back by Saturday evening. When they had not returned Sunday morning, fellow guests at the lodge contacted contacted the Coast Guard. The crew of the response boat located the two on shore at 11.13 a.m. and transported them to Petersburg. Both men were reported to be in stable condition. One had a minor hand injury. Petersburg Volunteer Fire Department spokesman David Berg says local volunteers responded to meet the Coast Guard Sunday. These two had had been out uh, in this lodge's boat and uh, were fishing. Uh, the boat capsized. They spent a couple hours in the water. Fortunately, they were well-dressed for weather with uh, rain gear and uh, and uh, not a lot of other emergency equipment available with them. A lot of that went down with the boat. Uh, but they were able to get a small buoy and swim to shore and spent the evening uh, and night, all night, on the beach. Berg says the two used that buoy to get the attention of rescuers. They were not transported to the local medical center, but returned to the lodge. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. 